Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% of the population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military. And the other 99% of us, we owe them. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday. And happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. Of course, you moms as well. We appreciate you. Make it a great day. And especially to our active duty fathers, our veteran fathers. We all know, hopefully by now on this well into season six of the program, that we know the family serves. So again, happy Father's Day 2022. Coming up on the program, especially in this first segment, we will focus on what happened a couple of weeks ago, that deadly and sadly, once again, another deadly Osprey crash, this in southeastern California. We will talk about that, and the identities are now known, and one in particular, no more important than any other, but does go to show you that there are great Americans that serve, even from quote-unquote famous families. The son of a former Major League Baseball player was among the five killed within the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about that. Major action with ISIS. We'll have that story coming up later in the program, in fact, in our next segment The Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, you will hear from him as he delivered a speech on Ukraine in just uh, the past few days. Uh, Third segment of the program, we will hear from a guest from our regular program just a few days ago. He's running for United States Congress in Colorado's 7th Congressional District. Really had a, a great conversation with United States Army Captain Eric Odland. Really enjoyed that. In fact, at the end of it, when we interviewed him, it was the Army's birthday. I will admit a couple of tears were shed in the studio. And speaking of the Army birthday this past week, celebrating number 247, we will wrap up the show with that. As always, we couldn't do programs like this without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day. BosonLaw.com, that's B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com, or 303-999-9999.
We take you now to San Diego and CBS affiliate KFMB from earlier in the week. Breaking news tonight, we now know the name of the five Marines who died in Wednesday's Osprey crash in Imperial County. Thank you for watching 10 o'clock news. I'm Jesse Pagan. I'm Carlo Chiquetto. Marcel is off tonight. The aircraft went down near the town of Glamis in the desert east of El Centro. The MV-22B Osprey belonged to the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing based at Camp Pendleton. Yesterday, we talked with Captain Nathan Carlson's family about their loss. Tonight, the Marine Corps is confirming who the other four Marines on board were. CBS 8's Anna Laurel is in the story tonight with information that's just coming down. Anna? That's right, guys. I have to tell you, just reading some things about some of these Marines before they were killed Wednesday... We've truly lost some heroes, some leaders from communities here in California and around the country. The Osprey that crashed belonged to the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing based out of Camp Pendleton. It went down in rural Imperial County east of San Diego around 1230 Wednesday afternoon. Tonight, we've learned more about the five Marines on board who died. 33-year-old Captain John J. Sachs, he was a pilot. The 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing says he was from Placer, California. Captain Sachs served as a United States Marine for nearly six years. 31-year-old Captain Nicholas Lasapio from New Hampshire was also a pilot. He served as a U.S. Marine for nearly nine years. 21-year-old Corporal Nathan Carlson of Illinois. He was a crew chief and was a Marine for three years. In high school, Carson was the captain of his high school swim team. His former coach says he made such a positive impact on so many lives. He loved his teammates. Um, he was a major reason that the team was so close, um, especially his senior year. Um, I remember him being so excited to just watch his team succeed, um, being so supportive of everyone. Um, you know, the guys that he swam with were really, they became a family. Um, so really hurting for those guys right now because they essentially lost a family member. Also among those lost, 21-year-old Corporal Seth Rasmussen from Wyoming. He served a little more than three years in the Marines. And the fifth Marine killed was 19-year-old Lance Corporal Evan Strickland of New Mexico. He served as a United States Marine for one year and seven months. A military expert tells CBS 8 that Ospreys are trustworthy aircraft, but after Wednesday's crash, 51 people have now died in Osprey crashes. And here at CBS 8, our hearts go out to the family and loved ones of those Marines killed in Wednesday's crash. Here in San Diego, I'm Anna Laurel for CBS 8. Guys, looking at just some of the pictures from social media, you see the full lives that they've left behind. It's a tremendous loss, not just for those families, but for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, our condolences to them all. Thank you, Anna. From CBS affiliate KFMB in San Diego, then just a day later, more information about those Marines. Just before this newscast started, we confirmed that the one Marine from California was the son of former L.A. Dodger Steve Sachs. The Osprey that crashed belonged to the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing based out of Camp Pendleton. It went down in rural Imperial County east of San Diego around 1230 Wednesday afternoon. Tonight, we've learned more about the five Marines on board who died. 33-year-old Captain John J. Sachs. He was a pilot. The 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing says he was from Placer, California. Tonight, his father, former L.A. Dodger and five-time All-Star Steve Sachs, confirms 
Captain John Sachs was his son. In a statement, he said, It is with complete devastation that I announce that my precious son Johnny was one of the five U.S. Marines that perished on Wednesday. For those of you that knew Johnny, you saw his huge smile, bright light, his love for his family, the Marines, the joy of flying airplanes and defending our country. He was my hero and the best man I know. There was no better person to defend our country. Captain Sachs served as a United States Marine for nearly six years. 31-year-old Captain Nicholas Lasapio from New Hampshire was also a pilot. He served as a U.S. Marine for nearly nine years. 21-year-old Corporal Nathan Carlson of Illinois. He was a crew chief and was a Marine for three years. In high school, Carson was the captain of his high school swim team. His former coach says he made such a positive impact on so many lives. He loved his teammates. Um, he was a major reason that the team was so close, um, especially his senior year. Um, I remember him being so excited to just watch his team succeed, um, being so supportive of everyone. Um, you know, the guys that he swam with were really, they became a family. Um, so really hurting. For Again, from CBS affiliate KFMB, and I know there was a little bit of repeat information there, but don't we owe these families the ultimate respect, and that would be, of course, to remember their loved ones. We mourn here with those families on the American Veterans Show, and may the five rest in peace. And finally, big week this past week for well, the war on terror, you could say, at certainly some level, it continues. In the meantime, we're going to turn now to the daring U.S. raid in Syria that ended with the capture of a top ISIS leader. The U.S. says that leader had planned attacks on American forces before. Mary Bruce with new details tonight on the daring operation that captured him alive. The raid by U.S. Special Forces launched under the cover of night into rebel-held northwest Syria, reportedly landing in this village. Capturing an ISIS leader the U.S. says is responsible for coordinating attacks on American forces. Hani Ahmed al-Kurdi, an experienced bomb maker. There were no U.S. injuries and no damage to any military aircraft. It's the latest daring mission in the same region where ISIS leader al-Baghdadi and his successor, blew themselves up after being cornered by U.S. troops. ISIS was territorially defeated in Syria in 2019. But in January, hundreds of fighters escaped during a brazen prison break in the Northeast. Now, because he was captured alive, Al-Kurdi is a potentially valuable source of information about ISIS and its network around the world. Tonight, he is in custody and is being questioned. That from ABC News. We are off and running on the American Veteran Show this Father's Day 2022. Happy Father's Day, dads. When we come back, you'll get the latest on what is going on, the war in Ukraine. Stefan Tubbs with you. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stefan Tubbs. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. And uh, quoting an old episode of MASH, you know, anyone can become a father, relatively speaking, male. However, it takes a special one to be a dad. So I hope you understand the meaning of that and 
Yeah. When my first son was born, I got an email from a, a friend. I was in California, my son born in Glendale, an L.A. suburb. And I got an email from an old friend in Denver, my friend Daryl, who sent that and ain't it the truth. We continue on the American Veteran Show this Father's Day. Coming up in our next segment, a proud father of three, Eric Odland, Captain, United States Army. He was boots on the ground in the Middle East and in Iraq and Afghanistan. He is now running for Congress in Colorado's 7th Congressional District. We'll hear from him. He visited the regular program just this past week. I think you'll enjoy the touching and uh, certainly heartfelt uh, reason why he's running for Congress now after serving our great country. The war in Ukraine, well more than 100 days, as you are well aware. And, you know, I got to say, and you know this if you have been following it, it's not headline news every single day anymore. But listen to these totals. Estimated losses as of our record time. At least 47,000 dead, including members of the Ukraine military, the Russian military, and of course the innocent men, women, and children. Approximately 13,000 people have received what's described as non-fatal injuries. Right now, as of our record time, at least 400 people are missing and at least 15 million refugees. And as for the actual physical toll, the mental is, of course, something else. At least 2,300 buildings destroyed, and already the estimated damage, approximately $600 billion. $600 billion. And there's no end in sight. The Secretary of Defense for the U.S. is Lloyd Austin. Good afternoon, everybody. It's great to be with you. And thank you all for joining us for the third meeting of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group. We're here today because of our unwavering determination to get Ukraine the capabilities that it urgently needs to defend itself. And I'm personally grateful for the significant security assistance that this contact group has provided thus far. But we can't afford to let up, and we can't lose steam. The stakes are too high. Ukraine is facing a, a pivotal moment on the battlefield. And we're seeing what President Zelensky warned us about after failing to take Kyiv and reassuring its combat aims or reassessing its combat aims. Russia has shifted its focus to the Donbass. And we can't underestimate the challenge that Ukraine faces. Russia is using its long-range fires to try to overwhelm Ukrainian positions. And Russia continues to indiscriminately bombard Ukraine's sovereign territory and recklessly endanger Ukrainian civilians. So we must intensify our shared commitment to Ukraine's self-defense, and we must push ourselves even harder to ensure that Ukraine can defend itself its citizens, and its territory. But make no mistake, Russia's unprovoked and indefensible invasion isn't just a danger to Ukraine, it's a menace to European security. And it's an affront to the rules-based international order that protects us all. 
So we must continue to rise to meet this challenge. Ukraine's soldiers and citizens are doing just that. And they are defending their homeland with resolve, grit, and ingenuity. And they've inspired us all, and they need our help. So I'm honored that we're joined again by my dear friend, Ukrainian Minister of Defense, Oleksiy Reznikov. And I'm also glad to have Ukraine's Deputy Chief of Defense, Lieutenant Moyshuk, joining us today. We're grateful to you and to President Zelensky and all of Ukraine's leaders for your bravery and your determination. Now, Minister Reznikov and I have been in close contact about changes on the battlefield. And we're working in lockstep to meet Ukraine's requests for new capabilities, especially its need for long-range fires, armor, and coastal defense. To help Ukraine defend itself, the United States has provided it with howitzers and javelins and huge amounts of ammunition, UAVs, MI-17 helicopters, counter-artillery radars, tactical vehicles, and electronic jamming equipment. Along with our partners, we're also training Ukrainian forces on new capabilities. And we're committed to doing even more. We're providing Ukraine's defenders with HIMARS multiple launch rocket systems, and that will significantly boost Ukraine's capabilities, especially when combined with additional donations of NATO standard rocket systems from the UK and our other allies. So the United States will keep doing our part, and since Russia Russia's invasion on the 24th of February, more than 45 allies and partners from around the world have rushed security assistance of their own to help Ukraine defend itself. Now that's a reflection of the global outrage over Russia's unprovoked aggression. And it's a reflection of global, of global commitment to reinforcing an international order rooted in rules and concepts. So today, I'm honored to have ministers of defense and chiefs of defense from more than 45 countries with us, as well as representatives from NATO and the European Union. And let me give a warm welcome to Ecuador, Georgia, and Moldova, who are joining today's meeting of the contact group. Since our virtual meeting three weeks ago, we've seen important progress on several fronts. Allies are providing harpoon launchers and, and missiles to bolster Ukraine's coastal defense. And the UK is providing M270 multiple launch rocket systems and training, uh, training to help Ukraine defend its territory in the Donbass. And several of our allies and partners are providing howitzers and artillery, artillery ammunition, and Ukrainian forces are now using that to defend the Donbass. And meanwhile, other forms of military assistance, from tanks to helicopters, continue to flow into Ukraine. So we've got a lot done thus far, but we don't have any time to waste. So we're here to dig in our spurs. We're going to deepen our support for the Ukrainian armed forces in today's fight, and we're going to build their enduring strength for tomorrow's dangers. And by working together, we can help Ukraine defend itself from Russia's cruel assault. And we can strengthen Ukraine's security for the long haul. And we can rally together to show that rules, in fact, do matter. And that might does not make right. The Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. We will continue to follow, of course, developments well more than 100 days of war as 
the secretary said starting earlier this year, February 24th. And may we not forget, of course, the dead and the injured, but may we not forget those that have been displaced as well with refugees scattered across Europe right now. Again, that estimate, at least 15 million people displaced due to Russia's invasion of the sovereign country. Coming up next segment, we will talk with congressional candidate and United States Army Captain Eric Odland. Uh, That is coming up next. And on this Father's Day, just a real quick note, if you will. We pay attention, of course, so much to our moms out there on Mother's Day. Sometimes, some would say, perhaps dads get the short end of the stick when it comes to the comparison between Mother's Day and Father's Day. But it doesn't matter if you are a mom and you serve or a dad and you serve. We do not forget that the entire family unit certainly serves when uh, our men and women are in uniform. So to you dads out there specifically, enjoy a great day. May you get barbecue and love and cards and maybe the most important thing, much more important than a gift the love and respect that you have earned. And I like to say on our regular program, be a dad, don't suck. And I mean that from my heart. When we come back, Eric Odland, and we'll wrap up the show looking at the Army's 247th birthday, as well as an incredible Medal of Honor recipient as we wrap up. I'm Stephen Tubbs. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. Glad you're with us, and we're midway through the program. Thank you for taking time out on this Father's Day 2022. Happy Father's Day, dads. A father proud of his service and proud of his family, most certainly, is now running for United States Congress. Eric Odlin stopped by the regular program last week, and it just happened to coincide with the Army's 247th birthday. Welcome, brother. Uh, I sure as hell hope you you are successful. Um, thank you for coming in. Great to be with you. Thank you. You bet. I, I told you off the air, and I will say on the air for, for our friends listening, uh, probably I'll, I'll ask you questions, and you're like, God, I wish you wouldn't have asked me that because I've got to then talk about myself. But I salute you. Uh, West Point grad, um, you have a beautiful family. I haven't thank been you. stalking you, okay? <laughs> I just, you know, try to do a little bit. But... Why do you want to be, why have you done this to your family? <laughs> I'm kidding. But look, it's a family. It's a fair question. It, it's it is. a family we're, deal. We're, we're in this together. In fact, my wife's been through a combat deployment when I was in Afghanistan. It wasn't long after we were married. It was before kids. But she's an Army brat. We're both, we both grew up in Army families. And for us, this is a combat deployment. This is, this is a call of duty. It does require the entire family. We love this country. We, we grew up in patriotic families, and we think we're in a time of crisis. And at the end of the day, our children's future is at stake. It's being eclipsed by this progressive road, which is destroying this country, which is r- ruining opportunity here in this country. And I, I did not design my life to run for office, Stefan. I, I didn't envision doing this. I'd left my very lucrative corporate career in the oil and natural gas industry. I was working on a PhD to become a counselor to work with veterans and trauma victims. Wow. And I just 
in many ways woke up to the crisis and started to recognize that I had to stand up and do something and through a lot of prayer and reflection was was led to this path and uh, in many ways I, I had no political connections when I began this. I'm now top line on the ballot. I believe I'm the front runner in this race for District 7 and I, I am doing this as an act of service. This is this is wanting to serve my country again by entering this arena. But in many ways, I don't I don't relish politics. I don't relish the nastiness and the vitriol that comes with it. But it's worth doing. And in, for your audience out there, this is a time that we all have to stand up and do our part because we're in a generational crisis. This I is agree. significant. I absolutely agree. Eric Odland, I will never say his name incorrectly <laughs> again. He's running for Congress in Colorado's 7th Congressional District. Give me, I got a billion questions for you, but just so people, give us in general terms, what is your district, the makeup, where it is, et cetera? So it is eight counties. It's Broomfield, Jefferson, Park, Teller, Lake, Chafee, Fremont, and Custer. So other than that. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. All the way from Broomfield at the, at the tip in the north, all the way down to Westcliff or Custer County. So it takes about three hours to drive from north to south. And then it goes all the way out west to Leadville. So Lake County, and then it's uh, it's diverse because you have the Denver Metro of Jefferson and Broomfield, and then you have the mountain counties, and I live in Pine, so I live up in the mountains on the edge of Jefferson and beautiful. Park in a very beautiful God, spot. God, I love it up there. It's, I don't want to talk about it too much because you don't want anybody else moving up there, right? <laughs> no, we don't want anyone else moving up there, right. but we don't want to leave. But, yeah. but So this is a tour of duty. I go off to Washington. I've got to leave beautiful pine colorado but it's worth doing yeah let me ask you you kind of intimated a little bit that that you know what you get into politics you do absolutely i've never done it i probably never will but you i can only imagine how much you i thought put... you were running for mayor hey that was <laughs> funny i should have except i would have had to move you look you're in pine it must be easy for you to say oh just move back to denver listen it's nothing like uh, like it used to be i want to talk about crime and and your stance on what do we do etc but you in you, you kind of hinted at the negativity have you and see i would think you were almost in and forgive me i can't think of any other way to say it like a protected class almost like how could anybody this guy was boots on the ground uh, West Point grad, Iraq, Afghanistan. I know, brother, you don't walk on water, but have you had the negative even with your background of doing something? You never had to serve this country. Choose well, your words carefully. I here. mean, there, there's not a lot to attack me on. I have a very clean slate. I know people have tried to dig up dirt. That's just the nature of this business. Sure. There's really not any dirt you can find. But but people will make stuff up. Even Republicans will. I've heard disinformation, uh, and I've been called a rhino. Oh, there we go. Uh, you know, those, those kind of terms, which isn't based in any truth or fact. No, it's just if they don't like you. That's right. I mean, I've been called a Klansman, for God's sake. <laughs> and I'm not running for mayor of Denver. Um, I guess you're right. It's just it's 2022. People will, will come at you. They'll say things, even if they know it's not true. God, I was in... Recently, you know, social media back and forth with you have no idea what you're talking about. But if people want to try to take you down, they will. Tell me how this military thing, if you will, how does how does that help you in a position like you're trying to seek? Well, it's significant. And McCarthy has said this numerous times. He's looking at three classes of candidates to f to flip contested seats like this because they saw the success in 2020. 
It's women, minorities, and veterans. I'm the only veteran in this race. I'm, I'm a combat veteran. Both my tours were combat tours. I was a tank platoon leader in Iraq, commanded a striker reconnaissance unit in Afghanistan, secured the border crossing point between Afghanistan and Pakistan and Kandahar District. I know a bit about securing the border. We also trained the Afghan border police. But but veterans, there's a, there's a significant veteran population in District 7, especially in the mountain counties. And it's an indication of service to this country. I grew up wanting to go to West Point. I started that process in middle school. It's it's significant, and it takes everything to get accepted. Uh, didn't hurt that my dad was a major general, of course. No, that wouldn't hurt, but hurt. at the end of the day, but right, you still had to walk through the door, so to I speak. had to walk through the door. 9-11 happened when I was a senior so we knew we were going to war. But I set off to serve my country before 9-11 happened because that was that was virtue in my family. That was a high calling. And I'm fulfilled by being of service, by doing, by doing my duty. That's never left me. And so veterans have taken the oath to support and defend the Constitution. They've demonstrated that through great sacrifice by putting their lives on the line. And most other people can't say that. Most other politicians, it's rhetoric. They're well, voting. Look, you know this. They're voting to send guys like you and 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 women out there to go to war. And I I, I was telling you off there. You know, I had a chance, just a blip of time in '06 and 2010, to be embedded with Fourth ID in Iraq twice. And I'm telling you what. I came back and I felt, Eric, that every single member of Congress needs to be there at least as long as I was, two weeks at a time, before you have any right to send anybody else's kid to war. Absolutely. I deployed to Iraq with 4th ID, by the way, from nice. 2003 to 2004. Absolutely. We need more combat veterans who've seen the costs of war, seen the trauma, experienced it, because then they're judicious with the use of force. Acts of war require American sons of daughter and daughters, and there are long-lasting consequences to to the use of violence and uh, and war altogether. Right. I am not a war hawk, Stefan. Yeah, I am not a war hawk at all. And so I think I look at situations like the Ukraine through a lens of having seen extensive civilian casualties and collateral damage and and enemy KIA and and friendly KIA. And so I'm I'm very careful, and I want to make sure we articulate American interests Amen. always before we get entangled in more conflict. Yeah, I want to give uh, your website out, and it is, don't call him Adland. <laughs> it's Oddland, A-A-D-L-A-N-D, for Colorado.com. Oddland, for F-O-R, Colorado. Dot com. By the way, there are some, and I'm not saying anybody that's been on this show, but some pol uh, political, uh, those with aspirations have really crappy websites. Yours is awesome. Thank I'm you. I'm just telling you, very, <laughs> very good money well spent or and whoever I, that I is. I wrote all the content on there, right. by the way. I didn't have, a, some people have accused me of having a consultant. Folks, I wrote that myself, and I wrote it not to align with any particular person or party, though I'm conservative and I'm a, I'm a Republican. I wrote those because those are what I believe. And now we filled it out so you can be very It's a great clear. website. Seriously, friends, uh, visit it. Oddland4, F-O-R, Colorado.com. United States Army captain. He's sacrificed, and now he wants to continue to serve in the United States Congress. Eric Oddland, 
running in CD7. As we wrap up the program in our next segment, looking at the Army's 247th birthday, as mentioned, as well as Incredible Audio, a Medal of Honor recipient who delivered one hell of a speech. We'll have that next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stefan Tubbs. We wrap up the program. Happy Father's Day to you, and thank you so much for your time. We'll be back tomorrow on the regular program, 710K in U.S., 3 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Army Staff Sergeant David Bellavia. He received several years ago the Medal of Honor, and it came on my radar not too long ago. Uh, his incredible speech post his Medal of Honor ceremony at the White House. Just listen to this incredible speech and inspiration, and it starts with actually a little bit of humor. And it makes me proud to have told my dad no to dental school. I learned... No, I learned much more from living and fighting with these men than I ever could have from a lifetime of doing root canals. My unit's leaders died leading men from the front. When our company commander, Sean Sims, our company commander, he was killed in a house fight. Joey Seaford and my interpreter, Sammy, who just became a U.S. citizen a week ago. Yeah, you can clap for that. Joey Seaford and my interpreter Sammy were there to engage the enemy in efforts to save my company commander's life. Seaford engaged the enemy and threw his weapon at him, engaging him with the buttstock of his rifle after being shot in the shoulder. Travis Barreto and my first platoon fought their way to extract wounded and fallen ramrods under intense enemy fire. My Iraq war, I had Captain, now Colonel Doug Walter. I had first sergeant, retired command sergeant Major Peter Smith. These were company leaders who put aside loss, put aside trauma to direct young warriors during the most stressful times of our lives. Young lieutenants like Chris Walls, Jeff Emery, Lieutenant Menno, they learned how to lead and cover down when their peers had fallen. And finally, there's Scott Lawson, a true friend. We lost him in 2013. He entered the house with me that night in Fallujah. He gave me strength. He gave me confidence that allowed me to survive that night and many other nights since then. And I got to mention this guy, Michael Ware, a combat journalist there to cover a story and becomes part of the story. You know, before I got to know him, before I got to see him in action, I would have told you he was 100% worthless and a nuisance. (laughs) Now that number is 65%. I was wrong. Michael Ware is now the Ernie Pyle of his generation. His reporting is a testament to what we all did. And if it's not for men and women like Michael Ware, our story would have gone unremarked. Most of the men I just described got little or no recognition for their valor. In subsequent deployments, some would lose their lives years later. 
It is our duty to tell the story of our brave men and women who sacrificed so much for our fellow citizens. As I've tried to communicate to you today, this is not a celebration about me. I'm not mouthing a cliche. We have much more work to do when it comes to the Iraq War veteran. We are not there yet, and we're not even close when it comes to educating our fellow Americans about what was accomplished, what was sacrificed, and what we all went through. Our survival as a nation depends on it. We honor our brothers and sisters in the United States Marine Corps. Ambar Province was their fight. Men like Brad Castle, Rafael Peralta, Christopher Applesberger, Brian Shantosh, Jeremiah Workman, Sergeant Kraft, they gave the enemy everything they could handle. The Navy and Air Force completed the remarkable display of American valor and might and fought shoulder to shoulder with the United States Army in Fallujah and all over Iraq. This entire military is one cohesive, dedicated force. And the threats to our nations, they don't sleep. They're watching our every move. Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They may be watching this right now. Our military should not be mistaken for a cable news gabfest show. We don't care what you look like. We don't care who you voted for, who you worship, what you worship, who you love. It doesn't matter if your dad left you millions when he died or if he knew who your father was. We have been honed into a machine of lethal moving parts that you would be wise to avoid if you know what's good for you. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. We've seen war. We don't want war. But if you want war with the United States of America, there's one thing I can promise you, so help me God. Someone else will raise your sons and daughters. We fight. We fight so our children never have to. We fight for one day when our children and our enemies' children can discuss their differences without fear or loathing. We fight so that anyone out there thinking about raising arms against our citizens or allies realize the futility of attrition against a disciplined, professional, and lethal force built to withstand anything you can dream of throwing at us. Americans want this kind of country. Americans want this kind of world. And we stand ready to defend it, to protect us. So help us, God. May God bless this beautiful army. May God bless our Marine Corps, our Navy, our Air Force, and Coast Guard. May God bless our allies. And we already know that God blessed America because he gave us the greatest fighting force this world has ever seen, 2-2 Infantry of the 1st Infantry Division. Thank you, Ramrods, Duty First, Dukes. Thank you very much. Medal of Honor recipient, proud father, Army Staff Sergeant David Bellavia, a Medal of Honor recipient. And finally, speaking of the Army, happy 247th birthday this past week. This from News Nation. It is a big day today. We are honoring Flag Day and the 247th birthday of the U.S. Army. And so it is only fitting that we have Sergeant First Class Noe Tapia right here in our studio to talk a little bit about the Army Flag Day and recruiting efforts because that's been a big news story. But first, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Agent. To Morning in America. Why is it important uh, for all Americans to remember the Army, the military, and and also Flag Day? Because I, I don't think many people would be thinking of it consciously. They're thinking about barbecues. They're thinking about their kids are out of school. Yes. So 
this this year today being 247th birthday the army's been here for a long time we're here to protect our country uh you always got to think about the service members in the past the present and those serving in the future so we those soldiers in the past have paved the way for us today so never forget where we came from and the history behind it too protect our people in our country. Protect our people and to remember that, you know, because of service members, we have the freedoms that we can Correct. celebrate, uh, where we can feel at peace, even though there are a lot of people who are struggling right now. Yes. Uh, but I know that the, the particular branches of the military, they're struggling as well yes. with recruiting new members. So I know that you work in recruitment. Correct. What is something that you're telling people who could prospectively get into military service? So the biggest thing, um, have options, look around, go to different branches, make your choices. One thing that I, the reason I joined the army was for the benefits. I grew up in South State Chicago. I was the youngest of five in my family and actually the first to be born in the United States. So I wanted a career. I wanted benefits after I got out the army after doing 20 years. So one of the great benefits now with the United States Army, you pick your own job. You can pick your own career field, what field you want to go into, depending on how well you do on the test. And we have over 150 career jobs that you can choose from. And especially right now, you can get up to $25,000 enlistment bonus straight from just shipping within 30 days of your enlistment. When you talk to young people, I mean, you yourself, you were raised on the south side of Chicago. Correct. There are a lot of young people who don't feel like they have a lot of options, don't think that they can afford college. Uh, the military could be an option. But what do you tell them, especially if they've lived a life where they haven't had a lot of rules, they haven't had a lot of discipline, and that's the opposite of what they're going to experience in the Army? So uh, the biggest thing that I tell kids in Southside Chicago, especially teenagers or even young adults, is I'm not here to just put you in the Army. I'm here to change your life. Uh, it's going to change it for the better. It's going to give you benefits, and it's going to let you travel the world to places you never thought you'd be. I never thought that I'd be stationed in Colorado, New York City. I was there for six years, and I also did my time in Afghanistan. So I never, I never thought that I'd be where I am today, 13 years. If you tell a high school kid, 18 years old, Noe Tapia, hey, you're going to, in 13 years from now, you're going to be married with your high school sweetheart. You're going to have a bachelor's degree from Purdue University. You're going to be traveling the world. I wouldn't believe you. But it gave you a lot of opportunities. Definitely. still given to me and my family. That's wonderful. Uh, I know that the website is GoArmy.com. And for those who want to learn more, uh, they might have a chance to meet you or another recruitment officer. Of course, yes. Uh, so I'm all over Chicago. My recruiting station is on 71st and Jeffrey on the southeast side and south shore. But we do cover everything from the border of Wisconsin, South Bend, Indiana, Kankakee, and uh, as far west as Naperville. All right. Well, I know for a lot of folks all around the country, you know, you don't think about it as necessarily the first career option. But once you hear some of those benefits like you're talking about, it could be quite enlightening. Yes, it is. And uh, for me, growing up, it was actually my first option. I, I just didn't want to do college at the moment. I wanted to do something different. And I honestly wanted to leave Chicago for a little bit and see, see the world. Yeah, well, you certainly have. And we're very grateful for your service. And we salute you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That wraps up this week's edition of the American Veterans Show. Thank you so much for joining us. And happy Father's Day, dads. Can't say it enough. Thank you. And thank you for your service if you are one of our veterans or active duty. For producer Michael Arpaio, I'm Stefan Tubbs. Have a great week ahead, and remember our troops. The American Veteran Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. This podcast is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted experts will help you understand the ins and outs of personal finance so you can make your money work for you. Like, should you buy or rent your home? And how can you afford a dream trip and still save for later? NerdWallet's in-house experts will cut through the clutter of financial misinformation to help you gain objective and actionable financial knowledge. Set yourself up for success in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts.